Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Gracious and loving Father in heaven, again, we thank you for your gifts to us. We especially thank you for the gift of your word, which, which lights the path before us in the midst of the darkness in this world. Lord, help us always by your word and spirit to walk in your ways. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The Word of God often talks about the path before us. Walking in the ways of the Lord as opposed to the ways of the world. Our epistle lesson from Philippians speaks of that this day. But so does our Old Testament lesson. Hear these words. Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Those words remind us that we can follow the way of the Lord or we can follow our own ways. And so often in our lives we like to define our ways as the proper way, as the just way, as the way that's good for us. And we often will not hear what God has to say or ignore his very words. We see that going on in our gospel lesson today when Jesus really confronts the Pharisees with the idea that they want to follow their own ways. They come up to him and they begin to, to ask him and they think they're going to again trap him in a tough question. <clears throat> they ask him, well, by whose authority do you do all of these things? And Jesus turns the tables on them and says, well, let me ask you this, and if you answer correctly, I'll answer your question. John, by whose authority did he baptize? And they go off and they talk amongst themselves and they, they, they say, well, this is a trap question. If we answer this way, then we, you know, we got to admit that we were wrong. And if we answer the other way, the crowd's not going to like us. And so... They come back and say, we don't know. I love that answer. Uh, that happens all the time when I'm teaching a class and I, I give people a choice and they don't want to commit one way or the other. And so then I'll finally ask them, well, how many of you just don't know? We're afraid sometimes to commit to the right answer. We know what's right, but we don't want to say it. Well, what's interesting here is even though Jesus said he wasn't going to answer their question, he still answers their question. And he really tells them that John came by the authority of God and that what that he also does and that these Pharisees are like the young man who said he was going to do it but went away and did it his own thing. In our epistle lesson today, Paul reminds us to be a people of Christ. He says these words, so if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, being like-minded. Now, when we see this phrase, being of the same mind, uh, we're reminded of those other words, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. 
That's true. We see those words a little bit later. But like-minded also means that within the body of Christ, we are to be of one mind because if we are focusing on what Christ would have us to do and his will for our lives, then we should all be of the same mind and the same spirit as well. The body of Christ headed in the same direction. See, the picture here is, is if, if the body of Christ doesn't have the same mind, then all the parts of the body want to go in a different direction. Imagine how that works. Kind of looks like Dick Van Dyke in one of his. We're all over the place. To be like-minded is to be singularly focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ and living and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in our world today. He goes on. Being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And so we have that whole idea of what, how the psalmist would say it, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. In other words, be God's humble people. Not proud or arrogant in our own accomplishments or the way that we do things, but rather to humble ourselves in such a way that people see our heart of service as we serve those around. As we take care of those who are in less fortunate circumstances, as we meet the needs of others in our lives, as we see their need for Christ and our need to be christ to them, to care for people, to care for them in body, in mind, and in spirit. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. This world teaches us that it's about us. It's about us first. We see young kids and we say, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are you going to do with your life? Maybe we even ask ourselves that as adults. What am I going to do with the rest of my life? And notice all of the focus is on us. And we should reshape the way that we're thinking. We should ask young children, what do you think God wants you to do with your life? What do you think God wants you to be when you grow up? Where is God leading you? Where is he guiding you? And what is his will? To have the mind of Christ, to work together is to be one body in Christ. To know that Christ has a purpose for us as his people here in this place. That he lays out those things before us that he would have us to accomplish and do together. That we are a body in Christ to serve him with all of our skills, our talents, our abilities, our resources. And to serve the world around us. But we know, as, as Paul reminds us elsewhere, that there is this war within us, that we have a mind and a heart that, that sometimes is not Christ-focused. And so we have all of those things that are in us. 
And that Christ is working in us to remove those things, the, the selfish ambitions and the vain conceits and the, and the pride and the arrogance and the darkness that, that sin causes. And that as the Holy Spirit begins to dwell in our lives, that we begin to see this change in our hearts and our lives. It begins in baptism and it really is not complete until God calls us home to heaven. We have this struggle that the good that we would do, we find ourselves not doing, but that which we should not do. You know, we know the tongue twister. And so what are we to be Christ-focused in all things? That we are to understand that we have the, the, the ability, if you will, to work together as God's people and to nurture one another and to lift each other up. To encourage one another to have that mind of Christ. And to understand the price that Christ paid for us. So much so that God exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so as we embrace that understanding of Christ, as we embrace what it is that he's done for us on the cross and that in pouring out his blood for the forgiveness of our sins, that then because of Christ, we can stand before God blameless. That we can live in this world blameless. That we can hold the gospel of Jesus Christ so dearly that we are without blemish in the eyes of God. Jesus was that perfect sacrifice for us on a cross. And so now, with the mind of Christ, with the heart of Christ, we can live and we proclaim and we work in this world, not afraid of what man can do to us like the Pharisees, but speaking the truth and love to those around us. And reminding them that there is a Savior and his name is Jesus. And our world needs to hear that message. We need to be a Christ-focused people and extend that focus of Christ to the world. Paul says it, do all things without grumbling or disputing. That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Among whom you shine as lights of the world holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I didn't run in vain or labor in vain. We hold the light, the light of Jesus Christ in our lives and the way that we live and the way that we deal with people and care for people helps that light to shine. And so be the people of God. Let the light of Christ shine in you and through you to touch the lives of others. This world needs, in the midst of its darkness, to see the light. And the closing words of St. Paul, he says, Likewise, you should also be glad and rejoice. Be glad in what we do. Rejoice in what we do. Be glad that we have the gifts of Jesus Christ and rejoice in the fact that he has empowered us by his spirit to live in the waters of baptism and the promises of the word and to wash this world clean with forgiveness and grace and mercy and love. That's the way of the Lord. To walk in the way of the Lord in the midst of this world is to share Jesus and to be that light 
in the midst of darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.